For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Vincent Ng, and we're going to talk about everything you need to know about promoted pins on Pinterest. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Come straight to my inbox. And with that, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, we're joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric? This week, I found something that actually was passed on to me from Madeline Sklar. And what it is, is it's called Senders, and it is caller ID for your email. What's really cool about this is the reason, the way we discovered this was Madeline ended up replying to, I think, an email that I had sent her and attached to the email was all this like summary information about me. Why don't you describe what people see when they use this tool? Because I think it might help people understand what it does. Yeah. So what it does is it pulls in that, you know, it knows who the person is based on the fact that you're emailing with them. So there's all this information attached to that email uh, address, which it can pull in your social accounts. It can pull in your biographical information. And you even can go into senders with your own account and correct that information or even specify certain things. What it does is it gives you like the person's name, their title, their bio, their Twitter account, their LinkedIn account, their Facebook account. And not and just their account, but the follower yeah. counts. Yeah, which yeah. I it think gives you follower. Important. For some of them, it doesn't. For some of them, it does. Like but for Twitter, it, it, it even showed my last tweet, which I thought was yeah, really cool. Exa- yeah, exactly. It gives you like their last tweet. It t- gives you their follower account on Twitter. Um, it can even say search for this person on Google. Uh, it's it's crazy. It, it's pretty uh, interesting how much is out there based on an email address. But it, what's really cool is the fact that like if I get a blind email from somebody that I've never heard of and never interacted with, this is going to pull up for me now, and I'm going to know a little bit more about them automatically, which is really cool. Now, um, what does the service like this? How does this work? First of all, uh, do so, you have to have a certain kind of an email account for it to work? Do you know? They said that there's it's going to work for most email accounts, and all you need to do is give senders permission to see your account. I see. So it's not like a Gmail uh, plugin or anything like that. Somehow, somehow they are somehow that it sounds like your email is getting routed through them and then back to you, and they're attaching this information to it. Is that kind of how you understand it to work? 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and they they on their site they they are very clear. They say we do not store or share or read any of the content of those emails. It is literally just to scan and then search on the web for that person's contact information. So some of the cool applications obviously are you're receiving an email pitch from someone and you just don't know who they are. It can very quickly show you if they have any kind of social footprint at all. It'll show you, obviously, it's looking up their LinkedIn information, so it's going to show you kind of what their job title is and maybe who they work for, and you can tell whether they're just like an intern or whether they're actually somebody important inside of that company. The uh, The only downside to the tool that I found is that it is not something that erases when uh, you reply. And let me explain how I found this. I had sent an email to Madeline. She had replied back to me, and that information was in the reply. I'm not sure I would want everybody to know that I'm pulling that information from them. Does that make sense? So yeah, yep. that's the only part of it that I don't like is the fact that it's almost as if it was part of the original email message. Uh, and I might want to delete that. You know, if I'm replying to someone, I don't know if I want them to know I've got this full bio on them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I totally agree. I even had that happen. Once I signed up for it myself, I had a reply come back from somebody else and my information was then in there. But one thing that's key is that, again, you can go into your sender's account and you can then decide what shows up on your cards or not. So you can pick and choose right. what people... Or you can just delete that part of the reply. Yeah. But I think it's a really interesting... If you're in any kind of sales position where you need to kind of know who is reaching you, um, this might be a really cool tool. What does this thing cost? It's free. And do the, it must have some sort of a paid version that provides extra information it, it, or no? For, for now, it does not. They have not gone into that. There's no payment. There's no anything. It's 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 in beta, they say. But uh, there's a lot of people. I mean, the numbers on this and some of our friends that are using it so far that I've seen, like, it's being used. So so, what, so where do we find it? Okay, so how you get to it is, is you go to, uh, pay attention to this URL. It's a little tricky. S-E-N-D-E dot rs so it's the word senders but with a dot between the last e and the r gotcha s-e-n-d-e dot rs is that correct that's it cool well i think it's definitely worth trying out i'm a little concerned about providing all of my email my inbound emails to some uh third-party company but um perhaps it's worth it for some situation so give it a shot let us know what you think thank you so much eric you're welcome did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Let's move on over to that interview with Vincent Ng. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Vincent Ng. If you don't know who Vincent is, he's the president of MCNG Marketing. He's also author of Pinterest to Profits with Pintalysis. And Vincent also helps businesses succeed with Pinterest marketing and visual social media. Vincent, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. I'm so glad to be here today. Well, uh, today what we're going to talk about is promoted pins. We're going to get into what they are, how they can be used by uh, us marketers and so much more. Um, so why don't we just start at a super basic level for those that aren't familiar with what promoted pins are. Um, what are they? How do you describe them? 
Yeah, so the very basic of what promoted pins are is that it's basically Pinterest advertising. So when you go on Pinterest, uh, you, you see your feed and you see pins, uh, and then some of them will say promoted by. Uh, those are actually advertisements, and that's really what Pinterest promoted pins are. So do they look the same as all the other pins other than that promoted by? Yeah, pretty much. The majority of them will look as like their regular pins. And the only thing that stands out is that you'll see uh, promoted by whoever the promoter is. Uh, and, and that's really the only difference you're going to see most of the time. Now, um, for those that are familiar with Facebook ads, can you take an existing pin and turn it into a promoted pin? Or do you kind of need to be thinking about that from the moment you create the pin? So you're only allowed to promote pins that already exist, uh, that you've already pinned. So you can't create one just for an, a campaign or, or for an advertisement. It has to be on one of your boards uh, or your account before it can get promoted. Is it possible to create a special board, maybe that's not publicly known, and then put a pin in there and for experimental purposes and then create a bunch of them and advertise with them? Or no, I'm just curious. Yeah, you basically everything that you do. So if you're going to promote a pin, uh, it has to be public. I see. Um, yeah, there are secret so there are secret boards, but you can't promote them uh, because basically it's it's hard to measure engagement uh, from these secret boards. But yes, everything has to be public before it can get promoted. So the bottom line is that any pin that exists that you've created could be turned into a promoted pin. Is that correct? Yeah, technically true. Anything that you create, anything that you technically repin can actually become a promoted pin. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to get into what you can do with promoted pins in just a second. But before we do, is there anything new with promoted pins? Yeah. So the newest thing as of this recording is basically the video promoted pins. Uh, and this was actually announced really recently. Uh, and the, the gist of what video promoted pins is, is that they allow for, um, let's say that it's, it's specifically for the mobile user at the moment. But let's say you're on your, the mobile version of Pinterest, the app. Uh, you might notice that when you're scrolling that there's these pins that have like animated GIFs. They kind of move. And when you click on them, they'll actually lead you to a video that plays. And basically, it can be a, an instructional video. I know that Pinterest has actually promoted uh, trailers for, uh, I think, the movie Pets on it. Uh, and the really great thing, other than the fact that there's a, a video promoted pin, is that below the video itself is that there's actually six additional pins that you can feature um, that won't cost you extra. Oh, really? So describe... And I know we know this is brand new. So like, obviously, we don't have a lot of details on this yet. I would imagine you haven't even had a chance to create one yet. But describe that how those six below it work just in words, if you can, because obviously, we don't, we're not looking at pictures here. Yeah. So if you can imagine, you have your video on top. And then right below that is that you can kind of scroll left and right for different pins. So Almost let's like say a that carousel or something. On exactly. Facebook. You're you're right on Mike. It's It's pretty much a carousel. Uh, and you can have up to six different pins. Again, you can use it to promote uh, the product that you're presenting in the video, or it could be just additional information about the movie, but you can put six extra pins there uh, at no additional charge. Now, I'm a total rookie when it comes to video and Pinterest. Are, are we talking about like linking to a video that lives on YouTube, or is this a you upload your own video kind of to Pinterest uh, situation? So in this kind of situation, it, it's basically uploaded to Pinterest. Uh, and so Pinterest is in the works of trying to get their own native video player, uh, which no doubt that 
probably in the near future, it's going to be rolled out to everybody. Uh, so this is not like a YouTube or an external third party. This is something that Pinterest is creating for themselves. Got it. So what's, what's, what's interesting about this is it sounds like this video ad is, or video promoted pin is kind of their first salvo into having a native video solution. Is that correct? Because I think, you know, or is it, because what I'm trying to figure out is, can you already upload? Cause you mentioned earlier that, you know, you're promoting pins that already exist. So does this mean that you could have already uploaded video in the past? Uh, so in the past, what happened was that when we're when Pinterest is doing video, it was always through a third player such as YouTube. So you can kind of connect a YouTube video and it would play within Pinterest. Um, what they're developing right now, and it's not released to the public, is that they're developing their own native player where you can upload and it plays within Pinterest, not from a third party. Uh, but it should be available to everybody uh, shortly, I imagine. And this is somehow tied to this video promoted pin thing we're talking about. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Uh, the The pattern that Pinterest has is that they always want people to to upload organic, I would say, pins, or in this case, it'd be organic videos. They, they like to let people see in the public first. Uh, and then once that's done, uh, then they kind of let people do the advertising after. So um, in, the, in the case of the video promoted pin, have you had a chance to see one of these already? To be honest, I actually haven't witnessed one on my phone yet. Gotcha. Uh, the, the one I've seen is basically what Pinterest has rolled out on their own blog, but I, I have to admit it looks really interesting. So do you have any idea how long they might be? Are we talking like 30 seconds or something like that, or is this too early to even know? I think it's actually too early to know. Uh, I mean, the one I saw for Pets, uh, the movie trailer, that one was for 18 seconds. I think another one I witnessed was for 30 seconds. Uh, so to be quite honest, Michael, I, I actually don't know how long we can go with these videos. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the usage patterns of Pinterest, um, you can probably describe better than I am. I can, but people don't, don't, isn't it a scrolling behavior and people don't tend to, to stick around with any particular pin for any while, right? They generally click on it and then leave, right? Or am I, in, or leave a comment, right? Yeah, to be quite honest, you're right on the ball, Mike. I think Pinterest is, uh, for those that use it, are notoriously known for kind of like you you click and it's like turning the next page. You you move on to something else. Uh, and I think that's where the, the the great news is, is that for people that are looking to capture more attention and, and to, to get people to stay longer on a pin, I think that's where the video promoted pins are going to be very helpful. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they autoplay or if they're uh, you have to click on them to play. Well, let's talk about, let's get into what we can do right now with promoted pins. So what can we do? Let's break down some of the, some of the, the things that we can do with promoted pins. Start wherever you want to start. Yeah. Yeah. So the very first thing that you can do with promoted pins is that you can definitely uh, reach a large audience. Uh, that's the goal of any type of advertisement. Uh, but what Pinterest really allows you to do is to create these types of advertisements or campaigns based on the type of goal that your business is looking for. Uh, so basically, there are kind of, um, I would say, three main goals that Pinterest allows you to do. Uh, the very first one is uh, brand awareness. Uh, and brand awareness really means that we're going to promote, they're going to let you promote your pin uh, to an audience basically based on impressions. So you pay based, you pay based on a thousand impressions. Uh, the second one, which is known as kind of in engagement, uh, and that's always a tricky word. And for Pinterest, engagement means is that you're paying per engagement, which includes if someone uh, does a close-up on a pin. So, you know, if you're on Pinterest, you, you tap on it, it enlarges, that's a close-up. Uh, if someone decides to repin or save your pin, uh, that's considered a type of engagement. And the third, um, which is the clicks, if someone clicks it, you would pay for that, that's the engagement. Uh, and finally, there's also uh, traffic 
campaigns, which is purely you're paying cost per click. And those are, I would say, the three major um, types of printers promoted um, pins that you can have. Okay, so brand awareness is your paying per thousand impressions, the CPM kind of model, right? Yes, that's correct. And then engagement, boy, it sounds like it covers almost everything. Someone pinches in on it and or clicks on it. Um, what about like leaving comments? And st- I, I'm, I'll confess, I'm not a Pinterest user, so I don't even know. <laughs> you know, is there like a is there the equivalent of like a thumbs up or comments? And would that be considered engagement or no? Yeah, so you're right. So basically, the the equivalent of thumbs up is there is a like button. Um, but likes and commenting are not considered engagement in terms of the Pinterest promoted pins. Uh, so it, let's say that, you know, social media examiner promotes a pin, someone comments on it. Uh, it it's not going to cost them anything. Same with someone. If they like the pin, that's not going to cost them anything. But if somebody shares it, you're just paying for the act of the share. Once they share it, are you paying for all those other clicks from those people that shared it? Or is it considered free after that point? So pretty much it's considered free at that point. And that's really the great thing about promoted pins is that you're really only paying for, I would say, like the direct promotion. So you're, you're, I would say, kind of like that first level of audience. If someone in the first level audience saves it and let's say kind of has that pyramid, it keeps going down and down and down. um, You're not paying for those additional clicks. You're not paying for those additional saves. Those actually come for free. And Pinterest has actually said that on average, you're probably looking at uh, 30% quote unquote free engagement when you do their promoted pinned campaigns. Now, what is the most economical of these three types? Because I would think cost per click is going to be more costly than the engagement one because, because the engagement one contains the cost per click and the other, you're paying for all those different actions, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is going to be surprising to a few people, Michael, but, uh, Elisa Meredith, uh, and Jeff C and, you know, we, we're, we're Pinterest people. We talk about this all the time. And what we found actually over the last little while, uh, even though the brand awareness campaign is new, we're finding that the, the, the cost per click campaigns are actually your best bang for your buck. And the main reason this is actually, if you, if you compare to, I say, let's say, um, an engagement campaign engagement campaigns, you'll probably find lots of people will do close-ups of your pins, but they're not necessarily clicking through. And that can get really costly very, very mm, fast. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why do they do, they do closest because they just can't read certain parts of it? Or why would they do that? I guess is the question. I think that a lot of it is because the fact that the majority of users of Pinterest are mobile users. They say about 80% of uh, the usage happens on their mobile apps. So you can imagine that if you have a product, uh, let's say it's shoes, you, you want to get a better detail of it. So you, you click on the close-up, you inspect it, it may not be what you like. So again, you jump back to Pinterest. And so I think that's what's happening a lot is that people are inspecting the products. It's not what they're expecting. So they kind of jump back. Do you know if they do split testing? Do they allow you to run the same ad in a split test to see which one's more economical for you? Yeah, so you can, it will be up to you to decide in terms of what type of campaign. So you can actually run like literally the same type of pin uh, for a engagement campaign uh, or a, a cost per click campaign uh, and you can kind of compare the results. The, the good thing is that they will provide the same metrics um, there, if you if you go to your advertising dashboard, and this is something I, I really tell people to do, Michael, and, and if, you're, if you're listening, uh, look for the export data button on on your advertising dashboard because there's a lot of gold mine there. Um, but you can from there you'll be able to tell which one's going to be a more cost effective campaign for your business. 
Okay, so we've talked about the different goal types, the brand awareness, engagement, and cost per click. Let's talk a little, a little bit about the targeting capabilities. Um, what can we do there? Yeah, the targeting capabilities are, I would say they're, they're getting a lot more robust than what they used to be. Uh, you can actually target people through uh, the keywords. So it's, it works a little bit like Google. So when people search for a term, for example, like laptop computer, you can have ads targeted that way. Um, interest. Uh, interests are kind of, again, they are what they sound like. You can target people who follow specific interests. So let's say there's someone that loves cats. Uh, you can actually target people who, um, who are interested in cats. Um, the let, me, audience, let, me, let me ask about that real quick. How do they ascertain what the interests are? Is it just based on the different kinds of people they're following? Or is there like literally some sort of a, I don't know, artificial intelligence that's discerning, you know, what, what interests they have, or is this something they do in their personal profile? I mean, how did they discern the interests? Yeah. So how they discern the interest is, uh, is actually really quite direct when people, especially nowadays, uh, if you sign up for Pinterest, they will actually ask you to follow five interests or sometimes they're referred to as topics. So it could be things like travel, women's fashion, uh, men's fashion, uh, do it yourself. And so from there, there's other like little other branches of of interest as well. So the example of travel, um, you might follow travel as a topic, and then you might see, oh, there's the the topic of culture travel. So you can follow culture travel and romantic travel. And so how they determine um, who's following the, the the interest is really based on people who follow them. Um, so instead of following people, you're just following these topics actually. Gotcha. And what was the other targeting options? So the other targeting option is actually the audience. Uh, and this is something that's been, you know, relatively new and is really exciting, which is you can target um, based on people. Let's say that you have an email list that you want to upload. You can upload that to Pinterest now and they'll try to find similar audiences. Uh, the other one is that you can target uh, people who have visited your website. So using a uh, conversion pixel, uh, you, can, you can target that audience that has actually visited um, your site. Uh, the other one is um, that's relatively new, actually, is people that have engaged with pins that are related to your domain. So if someone has actually done a close-up uh, of a pin uh, and that pin is linked back to your domain, uh, they can actually target that type of audience. So there's there's some really exciting, I would say, uh, audience targeting with Pinterest now. Okay, so just to be clear on the email side of things, if I have a list and I up- upload it, is Pinterest trying to associate those emails to accounts um, and, and give me a, you know, here's all the people we found with this account. Is that correct on the email? Yes. So basically they're looking for people that have um, similar email accounts. Sorry, they're looking for people that have the email accounts. But really what it is, it's it's just trying to look for people that fit the similar profile. So you're able to choose like a percentage of like, okay, we want, um, want the lookalike audience to be at a max, uh, which is 10%. Uh, so that might, uh, again, kind of creates a very similar lookalike audience versus you can choose also very minimum, which is 1%. Uh, so so they're using, so I'm not going to lie, I don't really quite understand the artificial intelligence that's behind it. So it uh, sounds but, like it's your list with a little bit of lookalike included. Yes, that's correct. And it's not going to be your whole list because not everybody probably, um, you know, has the same email address necessarily for their Pinterest account, right? So they might not be able to fully match it up it sounds like so that, that's interesting that's kind of a hybrid approach because with a lot of the other networks it's like here is your audience which is a sub segment of the list and then if you want to look alike audience you click another button typically 
Um, but so, I should, sorry, sorry, Michael. Yeah, yeah, I should clarify. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is that, but if you, if you do have an email list and you just want to target them, you can actually do that. Um, but you can also, you can also use the, the email list to look for a, a lookalike audience. So oh, technically you can enough. create two segments. So I don't want to confuse the audience thing. It's one, it's actually two separate things that you can actually do. Perfect. Um, on the website visitors, is it pretty basic? It's just, you know, either they have, or they have not visited the website because some of the more, like, for example, some of the things we've been hearing rolled out on Facebook is they're starting to track frequency of visits to the website and time on site which is a little more sophisticated. Um, do you think that the promoted pins um, website visitors thing, is is it just those that have visited during a period of time, but not like, for example, during the state range? Is it that simple or is it like, you know, time on site and number of times they visited? You're actually, uh, it's pretty simple at this time. Uh, so if you if you actually choose the option for people that have visited your site, uh, there's kind of an option for for up to like the last 180 days. Perfect. Uh, you can change that around, but at the moment, it's really the only option that we have for okay. Pinterest. Gotcha. Now, um, I understand that you can also uh, track those that have converted. Is that correct? So they have some sort of a conversion pixel or something like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of different types of uh, what Pinterest refers to conversion pixels. So depending on, of course, the goal that you have. Uh, you can set a pixel for a specific page that people have visited. Uh, if you are interested in email signups, of course, uh, there is one that's a conversion tag for like an email signup. You you just grab the code, post it into the thank you page or whichever page you consider the conversion page, uh, and that'll tell you the amount of conversions that ha- that Pinterest has brought. Um, you can actually choose the timeline as well, so you can get them to attribute Pinterest for the last thirty days, or maybe you just want to know uh, how much conversion happened in the last seven days. So there's kind of a date range that you can choose for all of that. Now, I understand that not every country has access to promoted pins. Which ones do at this point? Yeah, this is a, it's a personal beef of mine because I'm actually Canadian uh, and we don't have access yet, but hopefully it's coming soon. Uh, but at the moment is the, the U.S. has access and the people in the United Kingdom have access. Uh, so that one, those two areas for sure. Got it. Um. Let's see here. Uh, costs. Just out of curiosity, I mean, like, what are we talking about? How, do you have any, have you, are the prices all over the map, depending on the audience you're trying to target? I mean, any thoughts on what it might cost someone to do a campaign uh, on Pinterest? Yeah, I think that the probably, I would assume that the audience is always more interested in kind of checking out what the cost per click campaigns are. And, and the good thing is that when you are doing a, a CPC campaign uh, or any type of brand engagement campaign is that Pinterest will kind of give you an estimate of what you're paying for. Uh, so once you type in, because there's a whole whack of, of uh, things that you can select, like keywords, uh, interest, all that, and they'll tell you something like, oh, if you're going to do this, it's going to cost you an average of $2 to $3.50 a click. Um, and so again, obviously the more competitive the the industry is so for example if you're doing wedding industry i can i probably tell you it's you know the prices have slowly increased uh, you're you're probably not looking to pay anything uh, you're probably looking to pay at least a dollar per click minimum that's that's minimum uh, if you're going with the new brand awareness campaigns the ones that show per thousand uh, the minimum spend is five dollars right and that can increase in price so I, I would say that the the hard part is that you're probably looking i would say on average based on the campaigns i've worked in is that you're looking anywhere between uh you know maybe a dollar a little under that to to 3 dollars 
but the great thing is that what you want to do is just start off low per click, uh, per click, per click. Yeah, per click. Um, but again, you. But the good thing is, it's you can bid. So the difference is that Pinterest is a bidding system. So it says two dollars to three dollars and fifty. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to bid at that price. You so can it's like Google almost a little bit. Exactly. You're right. It is like Google. You can bid at $1.50 and see what the results. Uh, because what will happen is that if the Pinterest promoted pins don't do well, uh, you'll know because Pinterest actually stops showing that promoted pin over time. So, And that's when you might need to boost up the spending. Just out of curiosity, um, how frequently do these ads show up do they call it a feed? I don't even know what they call it on Pinterest. Um, but assuming we call it a feed, how often are they showing up like every couple of pins or, you know, like just from a user's perspective, I'm curious. Yeah, I think that it, it I mean, from my perspective, like what, from what I've seen and uh, just even looking at other clients' feeds, uh, they probably show up, I would say, depending on, on where you're searching. That's the thing. It's, it depends on where you're searching as well. But it, let's say as your home feed example, I might see them once every like 20 pins. Uh, could be less, could be more. Uh, sometimes when you are searching for something specific, let's say that you happen to be searching for socks, um, again, you might see, you might not see them as often because there's not as many people targeting socks. Uh, so again, it's, it really depends on where you are at Pinterest. Um, that will determine the frequency. Do you think the search thing is something that's used a lot by people on Pinterest? Cause it sounds intriguing. I'm, I can imagine, especially if, you could get really narrow in your search stuff that that could be pretty powerful, but I just don't know how many people are actively searching on Pinterest. Yeah. To give you a broad perspective, uh, I can't remember who it was, but I, I, but someone, there was a report that was released that Pinterest gets about, um, about 2 billion monthly searches. Wow. So it's, it's not, so it's, I wouldn't say it's like a small amount, but of course, you know, Michael and, and everybody that's listening out there, uh, when you compare it to Google, that's still a relatively small amount. Um, the tricky part, of course, is that when people are doing search is, uh, I would say that, um, especially when you're doing with promoted pins, is, is that they're not always searching for the terms that you're looking for. Um, it can be such a, because there's only at about 100 monthly active users, um, that, you know, when people search for terms such as like organic baby clothing, uh, you know it's going to be a very finite audience. You know, they have a very specific intention, but it's not going to be a large audience sometimes. So I think that's something to keep in mind is that when, when you are using keywords for promoted pins, uh, try to go broad, see which stuff works, uh, and then kind of narrow down to, to, to the ones that are working. How many promoted pins on a search typically show up before you see the organic results? Uh, actually, the organic results are usually blended right in. Uh, so you, you, you might, again, it depends on who's bidding at what time. So if there's an advertiser that has paid pretty high for a bid, let's say again, the search term socks, uh, then the chances are that their, their position will probably be number two, uh, in the search term socks. Um, again, if somebody, it's just stuck right in line with everything else, pretty much It's not like Google where they stick it at the top. No, no. They, the, the, the thing about Pinterest, I think they're, I mean, the way I see their philosophy is that they want to make sure everything looks as natural as possible. Uh, they're not trying to purposely make it stand out. So everything, when you see it, you, you may not even notice it until you actually read it and saying it says promoted pin. Mm. Um, I've heard the phrase buyable pin. Is that also something that's part of this or is that something totally different? Yeah, uh, I got to thank Lisa Meredith uh, for this because she's actually the one, she wrote a great article about this. But Bible pins, um, if you read some old articles, they'll say, oh, Bible pins are not allowed to be 
promoted pins. Uh, and what buyable pins are is that they are pins that allow people to buy a product within Pinterest, um, the system, without actually going back to the merchant's website. Uh, yeah, so that's a buyable pin. Uh, what so are these been- mostly impulse buys? Like sm- cheaper products, you think? Uh, you know, I, to be honest, Michael, I actually don't know. Uh, I think Pinterest uh, with viable pins are still relatively, um, I think, new compared to promoted pins. Uh, some of them are. I, I, I think it's like any other type of shopping. Uh, some of it is impulse buys. And of course, the more expensive the item, I'm sure more people have to take time to think about it. Yep. Um, okay, but- cool. What were you going to say there? Go ahead. Oh, but the good thing is, but recently, um, but they are, yeah, viable pins are allowed to be promoted pins now. So if you have them, definitely give them a shot because uh, that's definitely, again, you're, you're making business um, and people are buying and uh, it's, it's, it's something worth trying. Any other tips that you would recommend when it comes to setting up a Pinterest campaign that we didn't talk about yet? The very first thing I always advise people is that when you're doing a promoted pin ca- campaign is to test everything out organically. Uh, as, I, as, you, as the audience is listening, you're listening, uh, these clicks can get very expensive. So if you know a pin is, um, again, if you're kind of gambling on a pin, uh, don't. You know, put it out in organics, see which pins work best. And the, the pins that work best, those are the ones that you should promote because you already, you already have the feedback. You already have the testing. Uh, that's definitely something that I recommend. I guess a little uh, bit of money can bring some extra life to some of those, right? Yeah, I think that's the thing. If you already know it's there, uh, but the, the hard part is it's just because there's 100 million people that may not know your stuff, but you know that people that do know your stuff love it. So it's just really a matter of pushing it to that audience that doesn't know uh, and again, it's because you already know it has rock solid engagement. You're getting more bang for your buck without wasting the money. Do you do you increase your followers when you do that as well? So here's the thing. So here's what's the interesting thing is uh, if you create your own content. Uh, when I mean your own content, again, it could be your your own product uh, or it could be your blog post. It, what will happen? And this is not for everybody. If you, but it happens is that the, you will sometimes get a follow button below. So if you check out social media examiner's uh, pins, there's going to be a follow button below that. And so if you do promote your pins, um, and again, it's reaching out to a wider audience, that follow button is going to be naturally there. So there is definitely a huge potential to get more followers that way. And would that be considered, if you did an engagement campaign, would that be considered an engagement that you pay for? No. So basically, if you're doing an engagement campaign and someone follows your account, uh, none of that goes towards the cost of engagement. Sweet. Um, can you do split tests inside? I know we talked about split tests earlier, but is there, is there an easy way to do split tests? Meaning, can you say, okay, this one pin, I'm going to try to do a couple different ads and literally compare the results or do you have to kind of jerry rig that or are there tools that can allow this to happen? Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. Split tests can be a little bit of a, a headache for the do-it-yourself advertiser. Um, you really have to Again, you're if if you're because we all know that split tests can go into very many different directions depending on what you're testing on. Um, but yeah, you basically have to do it manually, and and there are lots of different options. So, for example, one of the things that I found is with my clients, and again, test out, check check it out for yourself, is that the mobile uh, campaigns tend to do much better uh, than the the desktop for some pins compared to others, mm. right? And so you can definitely split test that have the same pin, uh, ch- choose mobile devices versus non-mobile devices. Again, you can split it into male, female, 
even if, for example, you want to test major metropolitan markets, for example, like it's like, hey, I wonder if this is going to do better on in California versus the state of New York, uh, you can do those options well. So you can choose cities in California and you can choose cities in New York exclusively. Oh, that's really good to know. So I would imagine, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, like if you're selling an expensive product that no one would ever make a purchase from their mobile phone on, you may want to consider not advertising to the mobile side, right? Um, unless, unless you just want to get out there and get some brand exposure. Like I'm thinking about social media marketing world, right? So people aren't going to, I mean, that's expensive. So not everyone's going to register from their mobile phone. So I would think to advertise just to Pinterest desktop users would be better, but at the same time, maybe hardly anybody's using the desktop. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And that's a tough one too. I I think that, uh, you know, my best piece of advice uh, and, and this is not necessarily really to, to promoted pins, but actually more research, uh, is that if you go to Pinterest, go to the URL and type in something like www.pinterest.com slash topics slash like a keyword that you're trying to research. So it could be social media, or in sure. this case, it'd be social hyphen media. What will happen is that when you do that, is that it will tell you who's actually following a, a specific interest or topic. So I can tell you, for example, like travel has, I think at this moment, close to 40 plus million people following that topic. So you know for a fact that's, that's a hot topic. Um, with social media, I, I honestly, I can't remember, but um, maybe it's just 100,000 followers that follow that topic. So when you see that number, you might go, okay, yeah, it's a very niche market, but is it still big enough for me to advertise to an audience. And I think that's a good measure, uh, not just to know if you should promote to that type of audience or business, uh, but to even start using Pinterest for it or not. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the analytics. What kind of analytics do they provide to advertisers? The analytics, uh, I would, so there's a lot of different analytics uh, and it depends on what you choose. But again, you can find out um, how many people are clicking on your pins. Uh, you can find out how many people are doing close-ups. Uh, how many how many re repins or saves uh, that are being done? Uh, other analytics include such thing as um, you know is it a male or female that's clicking on uh, the cities? So you can get if, if you, let's say that you choose all the locations uh, within um, the U.S., the U.K. Uh, and, and and as a side note, uh, just so you know, U.S. advertisers can actually advertise to Canadians. It's funny, but Canada can't use promoted pins. But Americans actually can advertise to Canadians. Huh. Uh, so you can actually check those out to say maybe, hey, you know, uh, Canada has better conversion rate than the Americans. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of different analytics that, that are provided. But as I, said, so as I said before, but the main thing you want to do is when you start a campaign, and I cannot stress this enough to everybody, there is an export data button on the top right-hand side. That is going to be your best friend. It will tell you conversions. If you have a conversion uh, tag, it will tell you all the clicks use that. It is your best friend. Awesome. Um, well, Vincent, first of all, thank you so much for uh, illuminating us on the power of promoted pins on Pinterest and also talking about the brand new uh, video stuff that we were talking about earlier um, in this interview. Talk to us, just tell us where we can discover more about you and all the cool things you've got going on. Yeah, the best way to discover me is at my website at www.mcng marketing.com. Uh, and then there's some great blog posts there. Uh, and that's the best way to reach me. Vincent Ng, thank you so much for joining us on this week's podcast. Thanks, Michael. Well, I hope that interview helped you understand more about 
promoted pins. I know it did for me. Now, if there was anything we mentioned in the show and you just didn't catch it, we take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 215. Also, don't ever miss a future episode of this show by hitting that subscribe button on your podcast player. And by the way, thank you so much for listening. If you've been a loyal listener to the show, would you consider giving me a review on iTunes by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. By the way, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. You can call me Mike. I'll be back in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.